Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 38th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. Obviously, not only players, uh, managers as well, and assistant managers and coaches. So we've got Terry Connor, who was on the coaching staff at the club from 1999. He was assistant manager at the club from 2008 to 2012. And then he was manager for 13 games from February 2012 onwards. Terry, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. I hope everyone's uh, listening safe and well. Yes, Terry. Now, when you say you're very good, obviously we've been speaking this week because we've had to postpone it a couple of times because sadly you fell off your bike, didn't you, Terry? <laughs> yes, I did. I'm still very well, like, but uh, I did fall off my bike at the weekend and uh, dislocated my, my right shoulder at the time. So I um, had a three or four days in the hospital trying to get that put back in and... Uh, um, but as I say, um, once, once that's been put back in, it's fine. I just need to rehab and um, maybe stay off uh, canals for a while, canal pass for a while. So you, you, you've got the uh, Adama Traore injury, haven't you, then, with your, your shoulder popping out? I mean, I hope it's all right. On a serious note, Terry, I hope it's all right now and it's obviously you're making a full recovery. Yeah, I'll be fine. I, I think, um, obviously, you know, the, the way it, I, I was, it was described to me by the doctors and that classic um, you know, breaking too hard, going over the top of the handlebars, and, and and by putting your hand out to break your fall, you you push all the forces up into your shoulder. Um, I'm not sure what what Adam Toyos is, but of course he's 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 going to be more physical and and put his body in more, more difficult positions on a much more regular basis when he's yeah. training and uh, and when he's playing. So um, and the, you know and the speed that uh, Adama can go at as well. You know definitely uh, if he's falling, then he's definitely going to have some forces going through his his arms and shoulders if he does happen to take a tumble. So yeah. um, I can imagine that being part of his uh, occupational hazard. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Now, definitely, yeah, yeah. You can definitely see him running very, very fast, getting a nudge, um, and you know, probably having to put his arm out to break his fall, and you know, just jolting it back out. So, um, it, for him, it'll be like something, you know, a bit like an occupational hazard that he just has to to keep on top of, and hopefully, yes. it doesn't happen or doesn't occur uh, too many times. No, hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, it doesn't. Now, now, Terry, Leeds born. Um, you started your career at Leeds. Yes. Uh, how did you get spotted and, uh, yeah, you know, and, and play for your hometown club? Uh, just play, uh, well, as I say, just uh, like a normal sort of route, um, playing uh, for my school team and developing through to the district side uh, and then getting picked for the the, um, the Leeds City boys and stuff and that and then going on to play for Yorkshire. And by the time I was, you know, 11... Um, I'd been spotted by Leeds and um, was invited to go down for schoolboy trials and stuff and that in the summer and really it just developed from there. I just kept playing, if you like, reasonably well through the age groups, through the under-12s, 13s, 14s, so almost like stayed in, in Leeds' system um, all the way through till I was uh, 14 and signed, signed uh, schoolboy forms. And then, obviously, at 16, uh, signed to join us what would have been then an apprentice. 
Yeah. Um, not a scholar or anything, you know, not a scholar, but apprentice. Um, and um, and from there, managed to earn a full time contract in the first year. So I was, um, you know, that that was my sort of like my my steady route, if you like, playing for the school team, playing for the district team, playing for you know your area, Yorkshire team, and just being spotted by um, uh, the scouts at the time. I had offers from. Uh, other clubs, you know, the Manchester clubs and stuff like that came over and had a look and said, would I come over to, to um, you know, to trial with them? But uh, once I knew that Leeds had asked me to come and I was Leeds born and bred and, you know, at the time the, the Leeds team of the 70s and that was, was, you know, was a really top team and I didn't want to play for anyone else but Leeds. Wow. Were you a Leeds fan growing up then, Terry? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, my, obviously, my dad, my dad came over from... Uh, from the Caribbean, round about that, you know, that Windrush era, okay. maybe even before, I think he was mid, mid-50s, I think my dad came to um, to England, um, and obviously very much, in, you know, loved his cricket, loved it, um, but also loved his sport, and uh, when he had a cricket ball, apparently I, I used to try and kick it rather than rather than um, <laughs> pick it up and, and play cricket and try and bowl it, I used to keep kicking it all the time, Brilliant. and um, just developed from there, but he was cricket mad. And um, and I, I just you know used it for, used my feet more than my hands and and wanted to play football. Fantastic! Now, and our Wolves fans have got a lot to thank you for, Teddy, because I believe you scored on your Leeds debut versus West Bromwich Albion in 1979. Is that right? That's absolutely correct. Yes, it was. Uh, well, you know, obviously for me, a fantastic uh, highlight of my career uh, to actually you know represent Leeds. Um, uh, at senior level, um, having had the success that they had through the seventies and yeah. uh, breaking into the team in seventy nine was was a fantastic um, highlight for me to, to actually run out at Ellen Road in a in a, a, a proper would um, obviously then first division, which is obviously now the Premier League, uh, would was you know was amazing. And uh, at the time, if you, I mean, I'm sure some of the fans that li- that listening would would know there was only one sub at that time. Um, yes, and uh, that was me, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Paul, Paul Madeley got injured after about uh, 12 minutes. He pulled a hamstring and uh, had to come off. And so we had to read, not only rejig the side for me to come on, um, but obviously I went up front and um, we were playing against West Brom that day. And I believe uh, Cyril was playing, uh, definitely Brendan Patterson. I'm not sure if Laurie had gone to uh, Real Madrid by then. Yeah. It may still have been playing, but there was there was definitely at the time what what they were nicknamed or coined as the three degrees from West yes, Brom. They were yes. all playing for for West Brom, and uh, as I say, we, I was on the same pitch as them, wow. and I'd obviously seen them on TV and thought, wow, you know these guys are great. And play against them, and actually to score the the winning goal with seven minutes to go, uh, and you know running to the cop and everything was fantastic so that's something that I'll always have over the Albion no, no matter no matter what they what they say to me or whatever stick they give to me or whatever <laughs> I can always say well I did score that winning goal in 79 and they have to look in the record books and see that it's true Brilliant I mean was it was it hard coming through as a black player I think you just mentioned three fantastic black players at, at West Brom Yeah oh, Yeah it's, I mean, yeah. Everyone knows in you know recent times what's what's happened in recent times and stuff. And um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matter has got my uh, full support. Um, as long as it's as long as it's, as long as there's no you know I'm not I won't condone any violence or anything that's done against the law or anything like that. I won't have that. But um, in terms of supporting uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, I think it's an, an absolute no-brainer. And I think more and more people. 
um, a, a scene that I can see the injustices and the more um, it not you know so the the, the more the players um, speak up about um, you know their experiences yes. um, I think I think the more that people will be educated and, and understand and hopefully um, there's, they, they become you know an understanding of, of, of what it is and what we're saying and we can we can eventually reach that that um, level playing field and that equality that that's all we're that's all we're looking for. A hundred percent. So, but obviously, growing up in growing up in uh, in football in the seventies in the seventies and eighties, it was it was obviously very very difficult, uh, yeah. different time, different culture altogether. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I, I I I look at it and and I sort of like look back now and think you know that was uh, a real time for us to. Uh, to keep on pushing through and mate and pushing back barriers and yeah. you know there there were things levelled at black players that you know we weren't very strong we didn't like the snow we didn't like this and that and that was all levelled at us and and stuff and that and um, and that were only good in forward positions we could only you know only do skillful things um, but over the years you know we we proved that we can right from goalkeeper to you know to the to the outside left we could we could. Um, we could all we would all play in those positions and have the mentality to to play in those positions, um, and I think it's just a breaking down and a, of barriers. And I think that's what happened with 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 the playing side of it yeah. um, was that um, the more that we did, the more that the, you know people saw that Paul Ince could captain his country yeah. um, as a black man. Um, it just gave everyone those those beacons of hope and you know ray of hope that we can push on with this. We can do more. We can do more. Uh, and as it's worked out now, you know you see. People like Marcus Rashford now yeah. uh, being able to um, change a government's mind. Now, you know, in, in 1979, that's that would never have been anywhere near possible. Just, just would never even have come up as a scenario. Yeah. But in 2020, um, with the work that Cyril and and and, and uh, Viv Anderson and and obviously people like myself and that who came through in the early parts to the Justin Fashion News and and all those players um, made a made a back if you like for uh, the next generation for the for the Paulinses and them to come through and captain their country and and now we've got um, you know a very much a, a mixed uh, mixed evenly balanced squad if you terms when you look at the England squad and yeah. um, that uh, represent Bame. Uh, an ethnic, uh, the the black and ethnic minority yes. um, section um, is is very very strong, and, and that's through playing the game. I think the next step for uh, for the black for for, for the Bama is to try and reproduce that in coaching and management, yes. and obviously then moving on to you know like if you're directors of football and, and moving towards the boardroom area. But certainly from playing point of view, we, we definitely it's been a generational thing where we've been pushing on and pushing on and pushing on. And I think we broke down barriers about yes, um, with playing the sport. Now we just need to make to make sure that we uh, are well represented in, um, in the, the management, coaching, and management and directorship levels um, in football as well to show that we are good enough to do um, and be considered for those roles as well. Oh, Terry, I couldn't wholeheartedly agree more. Um, thank you, thank you. No, I mean, look, very, very important comments now. Uh, after Leeds, you went to Brighton. Now, you was a forward, Terry. Uh, 51 goals, and yes. 56 appearances. You'll probably correct me. I mean, which is a fantastic, uh, fantastic return. But you was cup-tied for the 1983 FA Cup final. I mean, how how difficult is that I to was. play, Terry, as a player? It, it 
well, well, it was <laughs> a bit of background to that was that I'd actually had um, acute appendicitis and um, I nearly didn't nearly they nearly burst uh, before I got to the hospital, oh. and uh, and that was just just before a Leeds game, and I actually made a recovery within three weeks and played in a cup game. I think it was at Coventry, which we lost one nil, and. Um, that one must have been in the February time, and in March, just before the the, the transfer deadline, um, that's when uh, Andy Rich and myself were involved in a swap deal, and Andy was keen to get back up north, and obviously uh, Leeds had decided to, to to you know to make the deal happen, yeah. and I had to move south, um, and uh, that weekend I think they just played in the quarterfinals, quarterfinals of the FA Cup, one through to a semi final at, um, at Highbury. I think against Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. and um, and when I joined, obviously I, was, I knew I was cup tied, and they went and, and they managed to you know to get past Sheffield Wednesday and get to the final. Um, so although I was delighted for you know for the new teammates and stuff to go, obviously it was uh, very disappointing that you you, you miss out with chance or a possible chance of um, of you know playing at playing at Wembley, which um, yeah. obviously I ever managed through through my career. Um, but it was it was an opportunity to do that, so it was great for the team, great for the club, and everything. But for, for me, it was it was quite it was quite hard to uh, to go to Wembley and only be a, be a spectator, if you like. And in actual fact, on the on the replay, you know, I just felt I, I just felt you know I'll go home and I'll watch it on the box and I'll let the people that are involved in it, let them you know enjoy. Uh, the second second game against Man United, yeah. and I just couldn't. You know, I, I wanted to go when I went back to Wembley. I wanted to go back to be involved in a game, so oh, it was a bit of sweet. Because it went to a replay, didn't it? So they put you through. It went to three. a replay. Yeah, I went to the first game and obviously supported the lads and everything. And, um, you know, got to, got to the game. But when when the replay game came on the Thursday. You know, the manager asked me if I'd like to go again, and you know, go on, and I just said, "Look, is it possible I can, you know, I'll, and if I can sort of like go home or whatever?" Yeah. And I'll definitely be supporting the lads, but I just didn't feel I wanted to go back to the stadium, which was magnificent. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I wanted to go back and, and and be part of something, being able to to be part of something. So, yeah, that's still a, a, you know an aim of mine to to go back to uh, to Wembley um, and and actually participate in in something and get that yeah. feeling. For myself, and, and and obviously, you know what you've missed out on. Put that to bed, and obviously get a, you know, that that would be great, Terry. That would be great. Um, so yeah, that, that that's still something yeah to to be done. Brilliant. Now after Brighton, it was Portsmouth, uh, Swansea, Bristol City, Swansea on loan. Uh, obviously, back to the Vetch. Um, yeah. From your point of view, Terry, uh, did did while you was a player, um, did did you harbour any, uh, you know? Any desires to go into management or coaching, or was it something you fell into, or did you know what you wanted to do when um, you retired? No, I, I didn't, and um, I, I didn't know, but I knew that I liked helping people. Yeah, because um, we used to have um, when when we're at all those clubs you just named, they had um, what you would call community programs, yeah. and we would go into we would they'd ask players to come in and do a little bit of coaching uh, for an hour. Um, on a particular day of the week or something. So, um, and obviously most of the boys were, were, were trying to say, oh, I'll try and duck that if I could. Yeah. But I actually went and actually enjoyed doing, going into the schools and, and putting on a little, you know, dribbling through, of, you know, some cones, some basic stuff that um, that you would do for the kids and that. But I actually enjoyed that hour. That hour and I enjoyed, um, 
you know, being able to, uh, you know, see that you see their smiles and joy on their faces when they they manage to complete the you know the slalom course or yeah. they manage to get there in a, in a time. I said, you know, if, if it takes you, can you get under twenty seconds? And somebody would do it in you know eighteen or nineteen, and the smile and the joy on their faces was yeah, just yeah. unbelievable. So um, I used to really enjoy um, those hours that we would go out in the community and, and do that coaching. And eventually, well, I say later on in my in my career between. Uh, finishing my playing career and starting my coaching career as a professional coach, um, I actually did work for the PFA in the um, football in the community programs um, in for Bristol Rovers for Swansea for, Bist- uh, for Swindon uh, and for Bristol Rovers uh, before I got my actual break to coach uh, professionally with you know with senior players yeah. or with with a professional at a professional level. So I did that for two years, working in the community, coaching um, anyone. We, we, we coached girls, we coached, um, we went anywhere that would have us. We used to sit, turn up with a bag yeah, of yeah. balls, some cones and some bibs, and we'd have a game of football. And I thought that that taught me an awful lot. Uh, and and, uh, and I think it made me, uh, give me a good grounding of when I actually um, became a professional and, and did, it, did it at Bristol Rovers first and then moved on yeah. to Bristol City and Wolves and, and the rest. And so that was really important time, I think. And before we come on to your coaching, uh, Terry, England under twenty-one internationals were in nineteen eighty-six. One cap, one goal versus Yugoslavia. I mean, <laughs> yes. Come on, Terry. How good yes. a feeling is that? Oh, it was fantastic, and um, and obviously one of one of my daughters um, really loves her football, and um, she has she has them displayed I had them sort of like hidden away somewhere and underneath a bed somewhere yeah. and she got them out and she's put them uh, she has them on display in her house and stuff and that she's really really proud of them wow. but it, it was a, a really really you know um, it, it was a fantastic occasion uh, I remember playing really well uh, at the time for for Brighton and um, you know being being asked to join the squad as a, I was actually an overage player uh, when I played I think I was 23 yeah. and it was under 21 but must, must have been my date of birth must have still been for me to, to qualify or whatever to play yes. and I remember playing on the same pitch as um, Stuart Pearce and Tony Adams and wow. Gary Parker David Rowe Castle was in the team Nigel wow. Clough Paul Simpson Paul Simpson was in the team it, it really was uh, an, an unbelievable um, group yeah. of players to be asked to to, to play and be involved with and Dave Sexton was our coach at the time was uh, really revered as a as a really top coach yes, yes, yes. Um, and he was our, he was our coach manager and uh, I had a fantastic week and it capped it off with the game against Yugoslavia the former Yugoslavia yeah. and uh, we we went I think we went to go behind uh, and then I managed to pop up and uh, get on the end of a of a cross from I think from Nigel um, Nigel Clough and, and steer the ball a diving header I think steered it over the line and into the net so um, and I scored and obviously so I scored um, in my one and only only game and my only obviously my only regret was that I didn't get a chance to do that more often Yeah I, I was going to ask that was, was you expecting further opportunities couldn't you score in your debut for your country um, um, you, you, you automatically yeah, think, well, hang on, I, I'm going to be in, involved in the next game course yeah of course I was disappointed at the time but you know when you look back and obviously things happen and you look back on things years later and you, you maybe get a sense of understanding so although I was thinking well I've scored I might I'll get a chance hopefully I'll get a chance for the next round of games or whatever I understood that I was an overage player and that if there yes. was a, a younger prospect coming through at the correct age then really you know you should really look at at uh, 
giving him the experience and the and the um, yeah. you know and the opportunity to play in his uh, his age group. So, but that was only as I say now I can look back on it and, and at the time, but um, and, and now say that. But at the time, yes, I was disappointed. You know, I want to play again, and it was great with those players. Those were excellent top players, young players, and uh, you want to be involved in, in that and in the international setup and what it all entailed with national anthems and you know it was just a great great experience so I obviously wanted more of that but I, I, I understood that I'd gone there as an overage player and, um, and and they'd done the job that I think they'd asked me to do um, um, and so you know I just took you know I just took I just said well you know that, that's that's what happens in football and, and, uh, and I understood the situation well, listen, Terry, no one can take that 100% record off you. So, can't you know. it. No, that, that's something they can't do yet. So, Brilliant. You know, I, I did it and I played and I scored. So, uh, if anyone ever says, you know, that then I, you know, I, I can say that, um, you know, I did play for the 21 to represent my country. Um, and I also, obviously, you know, represented England at under 18 level and we won the, the European Championships in, wow. I think it was 80, 81. So, um, I had a good run at international with, you know, the younger ages. Um, and just couldn't just couldn't push on and and make it happen for the you know from the twenty ones onwards. Yeah. But um, um, like, like you say, no one can take that away from you, and uh, I, I know the work that I put into to to be able to reach that that level and that standard. Um, anyway, so brilliant. You know, brilliant. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna be crying to anyone else. I'll say I was mistreated by anybody because <laughs> I certainly wasn't. I certainly wasn't. It's fantastic. Um, uh, you know, achievements to have, of and course. as I say, I've got the souvenirs to. And for the children to, to see and the grandchildren to see that you know I, I do have um you know I do have England you know representative honours. Wow, wow, brilliant, Terry, brilliant. Now, August nineteen ninety nine, you joined the coaching staff of Wolves under uh, Colin yes. as the manager, John Ward the assistant manager. How did yes? How did that come about, Terry? Well, um, as that it, it was, I think it would would have been through through John Ward. I, I wouldn't know the, the the exact conversations, but I know that um, I worked with John Post at, at both Bristol's clubs, Bristol Rovers and Bristol City. Yeah. And um, when when uh, when John left Bristol City, he, he went and joined uh, Colin as a number two at Wolves, and they had a, a, a really good season. And uh, I think Colin was looking for a like a third coach like a almost like a reserve development coach yeah. who would link in with the first team players um, and would try and provide a platform for younger players to come out the the academy and be groomed if you like and be ready to try and join the first team yeah. so they didn't fall through the cracks or you know disappear to lower league clubs without at first trying to establish themselves yes. as wolves players and uh, obviously I'd worked with John uh, and I first knew John at Bristol Rovers um and um, he gave me a chance to work in the what would have been our school, the, the School of Excellence, Centre of Excellence there, and watched me coach there, um, and also obviously gave prizes out at the community job that I used to do for the community. Yeah. Um, so um, he came and he used to watch the, the sessions that I did with the uh, community stuff, do the sessions that I did with the, the best young kids that we could find in Bristol uh, for the Bristol Rovers. And um, when the opportunity came, um, asked me if I would join as a professional coach uh, at reserve level at, um, at Bristol Rovers. And I did that role for him and, and again linked him with the first team and developed players through uh, for him there. Uh, we did the same at Bristol City. So when Colin was asking if, we, if he knew of anyone that would, uh, would want 
to do that that role for for Wolves. Uh, Johnson, you know, he might he might have the right person Brilliant. with the right you know the right credentials or whatever to, to do that job if he wanted it done specifically. And Colin said he did, and he met me and spoke and asked me you know what I thought and you know what I would do in terms of trying to to coach the young players and what sort of, I tried to instill in them. And I had a chat with him, and he, he said, you know, you know, he offered, he offered me the job and said he'd like me to come and join the coaching team at, at Wolves. So that was the start of it. Wow. And then, so, you was a coach at Wolves. Um, obviously, you worked with the youth team, the reserve team. Uh, obviously, eventually the first team. And you was promoted to assistant manager in August 2008 under Mick McCarthy. And is that really when yeah. your and Mick's relationship started? Uh, well, <laughs> I think it may have started um, a, a good 20, 30 years earlier when he used to, um, we used to, I used to play Barnsley and Leeds and he used to try and uh, knock seven bells out of me and I used to try and run him down the channels and stuff and that. So, um, but uh, and he, the first thing he said to me was, I remember you, I remember what you used to try and do and stuff and I really? said, I remember you too and all gaffer. So um, we got off to, you know, obviously got off to a good start. Um, um, and uh, yeah, from that was our first, if you like, meetings in terms of uh, working together and uh, and being cl- and being working on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Um, and at the time, uh, in, when he joined in 2006, uh, um, he had he had Taff with him, you know, as his as yeah, his assistant right. at the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, he had Ian Evans with him. So um, uh, when they came, they did the first year together, and I think Ian then decided that. Um, he wanted to be more at home and didn't want the the travel and stuff and that that, that the, obviously the the football and the work entailed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I remember in 2007 it was uh, Mick asking me um, if if I would um, you know take take the first team as the first team coach and work alongside him because Ian was going to take a more backwards uh, step if you like and yeah. and just concentrate on scouting. And then we did the first year together. And I think we just missed out. I think it might have been a point or something yeah. uh, from the top six. And then the following season, um, that's when he appointed me as, as his bona fide uh, assistant manager yeah. um, and working working alongside him. And that's what he, that's the role he wanted me to, to do. So, um, although I've done that role for, for Dave Jones and, uh, for, you know, and, and uh, tried to do that work, that role, um, in the past, and obviously yes. when we got promoted in 2003, very much part of the setup there. Although I didn't have the uh, official title or whatever, um, Mick made sure Mick made sure that um, uh, you know that that was my title, and it went along with the role that I was uh, to fulfil for him. Brilliant. I mean, Terry, I've actually just I've just thought because obviously then you was part of the, the setup. Obviously, when we got promoted the first time around through the playoffs, I mean, what was that experience like, Terry? In two thousand three, yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. That was a fantastic experience. I, I, I remember um, very early on in the season um, of that season, uh, John Ward um, had a real disability with his hip, and it was really getting getting him down. And um, he had to go for surgery, and and that surgery would obviously, you know, would, would mean he was out for quite a while. And Dave asked me to would I con- would I try and um, step up and, and help uh, coach the first team. Um, as well as look after uh, you know some of the reserves and the younger players coming through. Yeah. Well, after after about um, you know three or four weeks, it became obvious that it couldn't both couldn't be done. So he asked me to step up with him and, and do the first team. And uh, George Foster uh, was took the development group and the reserves for me, um, so I could concentrate on the first team. 
and I remember that season being a bit of peaks and troughs. We yeah. got off to a decent start, and then um, and then we sort of like petered out a bit and lost our way a little bit, and uh, we're losing games and drawing games that we felt that you know with the quality of players that we had, we should have been winning. Um, uh, and then um, uh, then I remember us um, winning a game at Stoke and then going on a, a really good run yeah. and uh, and going from sort of like 12th in the table uh, in towards that um, that top six and then once the players got that um, that winning feeling and that, that confidence of you know winning the games of being in the top six we were able to, to, to keep going and push on and ended the season and I think we ended it fifth that year and, uh, and we played through the playoffs um, and uh, got to the final and it was a fantastic experience for everyone yeah. and I think it was 19 years since um, Wolves had last been in the, in the top flight yeah, yeah. and, um, and uh, it was great to do it it was great to do it for Sir Jack as the chairman at the time um, but also for everyone concerned at the time we just, we just, um, you know, we just couldn't believe that we'd, we'd done it and, and brought such joy to you know, I remember looking at one end of the millennium and it was just golden black I was in there Terry don't it, worry <laughs> Oh, it was fun! What, what, what a fantastic experience it was oh, uh, when we when we well first of all when the when the lads walked out for the for the game, it's just incredible because of the the gold and black contrasting with the the red and white of um, of Sheffield just just made it just a you know, just an ex, explosion of colour yeah. everywhere. And then obviously at the end when we managed to get through and, and win the game, um, just one half of it being just solid gold. And, black and nobody left and just a fantastic experience for everyone that was there and for everyone connected with the club um, and, and that was a, that was my first real if you like taste of you know that, that promotion to the through the playoffs to the to the premier to the premier league and it was um, a fantastic achievement wow and i mean yeah you're quite right teddy what an what an amazing day now when when Mick took over in two thousand and six, um, obviously you built that relationship. What were your actual roles? I know obviously your assistant manager, Mick's uh, manager from two thousand eight onwards. Yeah. But on a day to day basis, would you be taking training? Would you both be working out the training routines, or how, how would it work? We both did that. We both did that. Um, we both coached and uh, coached the players and. Um, uh, and the gaffer, well, we both put a lot of stall on what we see in, in training. So it's important that if we're going to if we're going to select a team from what we see during the week, that we are actually there to to watch and to take take control of that training. So we would um, mix the training up between the pair of us. We would, you know, I would do the first bit, gaffer would do the second bit. Some days he would come out, he would do the first bit, and then he would stand aside, and I would continue the sessions through. Yeah. Um, and uh, and we just worked in tandem on the on the coaching field. But obviously, um, as the manager of a football club, um, looking after the players is is only one aspect. It's a yes. big aspect, but it's a, it's it's only one of many jobs that that, that the gaffer has to fulfil. Yes. Uh, the manager has to fulfil. Uh, there's media work. There's there's meetings with you know with directors and and, and uh, boardroom meetings. There's you know there's there's all sorts of things yeah. uh, that has to grab his attention. Um, and so it's important that he's number two um, he's, he's got his eyes and ears open and any little things that need dealing with and things that need to be done particularly with the players and around the support staff whether it's medical uh, you know whether it's anything to do with um, anything to do around the players that would, the players would need to, to have in place it's important that uh, someone has got a real good handle on that and um, the players feel that they're being looked after and treated well 
um, and the support staff are there to do that for the manager. So as assistant manager, it was really my role to make sure that all those things were in place around the gaffer. And even if he came back from a meeting and we were going training in 10 minutes, he knew that training would be ready. Um, the numbers would be right, the session would be there, and all he had to do was either watch it or take the session, um, and everything else would, would be done for him. Uh, and so that was, you know, if you like, the breakup of the roles. The gaffer had overall had to do the whole gambit of management. Yeah. Um, and I tried to make sure that anything under that, any any under that, was was well was well run, and that the players were were happy and ready to yeah. to train uh, for whenever the gaffer needed him or if they needed. Them in a for, an, for a meeting sort of thing that I got them there and that they knew exactly what was going on and what was expected of them, even though the gaffer wasn't couldn't always be where you know where where they where, where they would want him to be. And I think Terry, I know a lot of players from that era, and I, I still speak to them now. And to be fair, they've only got fantastic things to ever say about you, and you know they all call you TC, and you know they say what an important role that you played, and that you you know you really was. Um, you know, you really was someone that, that they did look up to. Does that mean a lot to you, Terry? That, that's that's everything that you could you could ask for as a as a coach. I know you, you know you you know people want to be successful and you know and and, uh, and say oh we won this we won that and whatever. But for me, the whole important the whole the whole thing of coaching and, and management is to try and you know um, have someone say to you or say to people when they speak about you that. You know, they, have, they have a lot of respect for you for what you did because sometimes you have to say things to them that are not really nice and yeah. you have to find out ways of um, of saying that to them and dealing with them. Um, but I always felt that, um, you know, if I was honest and told them the truth and uh, was prepared to listen to, you know, their side of the argument or their side of whatever, you know, you know problems that they felt they would have, that that was the best way of dealing with things. And, and I think that's what they're basically saying is that um, although you know maybe I, you know I could anyone can maybe do a football session yeah. it's the feeling and and uh, the rapport that you build with the players and with the um, the staff and and um, everyone around and building that spirit and, and stuff is, is 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 vital I think and, and if you have if you can come away with integrity and, and honesty and people say that they respect you because of those things then you know that's that's to me means just as much as you know, winning a medal or or being top of the league or whatever, it, it's having the players and 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 support staff and people around you uh, say that no, this guy's a, a good, honest guy. This this is what he does, and he means it from the heart. Wow, wow, lovely words, Terry. Um, and and that two thousand eight two thousand nine promotion season. I mean, there was I know it was a great group of lads. I mean, how obviously you you got promotion in in uh, at the Plows in two thousand and three. But how good yep. was that season, 08, 09? Because it, we, we ju- it was just an awesome side, wasn't it? And to win the league in the way we did, uh, you know, at Molyneux was amazing. Well, say at Molyneux, when obviously we lifted the trophy, that is just, that yeah. must have been amazing, uh, isn't it, Terry? Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable because, uh, yeah, the, the, two, the two promotions were, couldn't have been more different. You know, one was done with a more experienced group of people like Dennis Irwin, yeah. uh, Paul Ince, uh, Mark Kennedy and and and, and uh, you know the Sean Newtons and the Nathan Bikes and and the Paul Butlers that was done with one group, but the, the promotion in 2008 and nine, if you look, essentially um, was a young group of players. <coughs> Excuse me, they, they were young and we brought them in as young 20, 21 year olds. Uh, you know the Matt Jarvis's, the Michael Kiley's, you know Dave Edwards, yeah. all those players, Carl Henrys, 
Um, they, they all came with Richard Stearmans. They all came and, and bonded together, and they all they were very much a really tight group. But they were young and, and they were hungry, and they wanted to to do well for the for not only for themselves, but they wanted to do well for 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 Wolves, and um, that shone through. You know, they they wore that shirt with pride. They played with pride. Yeah. Um, they understood what uh, uh, what the gaffer and myself uh, were trying to instill in them. And um, you know they just, they just grew from there. They grew as individuals, but they grew more importantly uh, as a team. And uh, they were close knit. And and um, that season was was a joy to be part of. Obviously, we had our hard times uh, during the season, and there were hard spells. But the the players kept on working, kept their focus, and they kept believing in what the gaffer and I was were were, were coaching and saying to them. And eventually, you know, when we eventually did it, it was a fantastic feeling for for everyone concerned because um, it was a, it was a young team that um, you know for the next three years, well, not only did they get promoted, but they stayed in the Premier League. Yes, I mean that's very important, Teddy, because look, the Premier League is the best league in the world, and yes, we had it is, yeah. we had three, you know, obviously difficult seasons. You know, we, we was out of possession a lot of the time because we are playing against some, you know. Like I said, the best club sides in the world, and it was it was difficult. But I mean, there's there's times I'll never forget as a supporter, i.e. Blackburn at home. I mean, what was that like to be involved with Terry? Oh, yeah, uh, unbelievable, you know. And, and that that was the spirit that uh, you know the gaffer and I in, tried to engender in, in the team that um, we were three 0 down at home on the last game of the season. Yeah, and we knew, still knew, the players still knew at half time. If we can score one and we can score two goals, we can stay in the Premier League. And the players were magnificent for that second half. And even then, they never stopped. They never stopped until that final whistle. Yeah. Um, well, they did actually for about ten seconds. And everyone realised that three-two uh, <laughs> was good enough to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, but uh, they, they, you know, they never gave. They never gave up. And that was that was making myself. That that was the gap from myself. That's what we, you know, don't ever give up. And um, you know, getting promotion was one thing, and we tried our very best for the next three years to to uh, to keep working, never give up. And no matter what odds were against us, we tried to stay in that Premier League. And and that season that we did it that way was almost like you know like a promotion or whatever because um, we were yeah we were we were so far three 0 down and everything seemed against them, but somehow they managed to you know to 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 sort of like bring something back and they had the crowd behind them and the crowd realised uh, what they were doing and uh, you know they were they were shouting just one more goal yeah. just one more goal and the lads just kept going until we did it we yes, that was it yeah wow. and, and that filtered through even more and I can remember the, the bench behind us and, and you wouldn't you couldn't believe you wouldn't think for a one second that we were losing the game 3-1 the whole bench was up they were all encouraging the team that the players that were on there uh, was it was it Stephen Hunt curled one yeah, in? Oh, Stephen, Stephen Hunt, Hunt I think, from the edge wow. of the box. Yeah, uh, and and you know and, and that you know saved the whole season. But it was the spirit that the whole club showed on that day and in that particularly hard time. Um, that you know that they, they, you just don't they just don't come along that often. No. They just don't come along in in anyone's uh, in anyone's lifetime or whatever that often. And no. it was a it was a great it was a. We finished it obviously outside the bottom four, but it was a great achievement to, to do it again. Huge, huge achievement, Terry, and obviously you know take great credit and pride in that. You don't need me to tell you, but unbelievable. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable, yeah. Now we, we lost five one to West Brom, 
Um, we all yeah. remember that horrible game. Uh, it was clearly a knee-jerk reaction to sack Mick McCarthy. It was the wrong time. Everybody could see that. You know, it was that that you know it was just a ridiculous time to do it. And uh, you know, like I said, it was knee-jerk from the fans' point of view. Terry, um, Jez Moxie come out and he'd almost confirmed that the job had been given to someone else. And the media circus around it was saying it was Alan Kirbishley at the time. Um, yeah. Now I don't know if that's true. I don't. I'm just saying from a fan's perspective, and 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 I'll, you could see Terry because managers didn't want to come in because they didn't want a relegation on the CV, um, and that's the, the way it looked. It, it could have been going because it was a difficult season. And then obviously Jez Moxie seemed to U-turn and say, right, we've got our man Teddy Connor, which. From, and I will say this, Teddy, from a Wolves fan's point of view, we was happy with that because we knew you knew the players. We knew that you knew the squad. Um, they shouldn't have got rid of Mick anyway. So we knew that it was in good hands till the end of the season. Um, what's your what's your take on all of that? I mean, is that a pretty fair assumption, Terry? Uh, uh, very, very much so. Um, I, I, I just uh, what, what I would say was, um, and I think I can say it now, there's a lot, yeah. lot of years, some years have gone past since then, but... Um, when when Mick was asked asked to leave, um, my bags were packed alongside his. Yes. There, there was no way he was going to leave, and I wouldn't leave alongside him. It was only the fact that um, it was pointed out to me that uh, I had to stay for a couple of extra days, really, to see the players through until um, uh, the new the new manager would would arrive and yeah. with his team, and then I'd be I'd be allowed to leave. Sort of thing. So I, I was I was sacked basically alongside uh, the gaffer. Right. Um, okay. And it was only it was only yeah it was only it was only the fact that um, you know the the the, uh, the contracts uh, the contract situation meant that I had to stay for for a bit longer. So right. um, I, I was only there to. So what what Jez I think you know what what the fans assumed in terms of someone being in place. I think that was more or less true. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, well, I would only be there for a couple of days, but. As things transpired, that couple of days turned into like a week, um, and then from a, from a week, um, it became like well, we look after. I think it was a time of an international break, yeah. and so we had a, a two-week break. So um, I was asked to look after the players through that through that period and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, okay, I'll keep I'll keep going. I'll, yeah, I'll keep doing it. Um, and obviously, it became as what obviously the fans could see. And, and obviously the reporting of it was uh, that well if it wasn't going to be Alan it was going to be somebody else but of course um, there was only it was 13 games to go yeah. and although I think we were we were like fourth bottom or third fourth I bottom we were, I think we were in 18th Terry so we were in the bottom three I believe I think okay we may be in the bottom three yeah. um, but um, you know it was it was going to be a, a tough ask for Ooh. anyone to try and to, to do it, particularly, you know, you know, if you look at the three, the three seasons that we had been in the Premier League, they'd all been, uh, we'd all been working at that bottom end of the table. There's, there was never a time when we were able to sort of like stabilise and push on and be a mid-table, you know, like a Stoke did for for many years and stuff like that. So it was always going to be difficult. And I think, like you say, the managers uh, one by one, whatever restrictions were put on uh, their, you know, the contracts or the, the stipulations that were made, you know, that they were looking at. Me- Maybe you know in that 13 games, not being able to do enough to be able to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. So um, the choices became less and less and less. Uh, and um, eventually, you know, when the, um, I was asked to prepare, to start preparing the team, 
for for the Newcastle game and um, for that week and then somebody again would come in and, and take the team and that was that was set up up until the I think it was the Thursday yeah and then on Friday I had the announcement and they just said look we you know we, we think you know having spoken to you and and the way that you've you've gone about your work we feel that um, we'd like you to try it you know to take it till the end of the season okay, so you know. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's you know they're thinking well you know that, that there's no one to take them tomorrow there's no one to take them uh, they're asking me to do it. I'd spoken to uh, Steve Morgan, spoken to Jez, yeah. and they asked me if I would, if I would continue to do it um, until the end of the season. So um, that that was um, that was the, the that's how it came about uh, for me. And I, all I tried to do was was work with the players and tell you know try and say to them that listen, we've got 13 games to try and and do something if we can yeah. to stay in, in the Premier League. But it's going to be very very difficult. But yeah. with the help of everyone around us, let, let's let's have a go and let's try and let's try and do that. And to be fair to the to the players. Um, you know, they, they, they worked as hard as they possibly could and did everything they possibly could to help me. And, and um, I thought the best way to help them was not to try and change and become uh, a manager in terms of, you know, having a suit on and, and being because and being dictatorial because I'd, I'd, um, I'd always been TC. Yes. I'd always been their, you know, their, like their confident, the, the players that I, I spoke to had their, had their um, you know, their understanding and their trust and that. And to try and change, it would have been, I think, too big. A, would have been too big a change for them. They'd lost the manager, and if they'd lost me in terms of, um, you know, someone that they could felt they could speak to, so it was difficult being the, trying to be the manager of the team and also keep uh, those relationships where they felt that they were uh, being able to talk to the to the, the fellow who had coached them and worked with them for the last, you know, four four years or, or whatever. So. Um, it was difficult all round, and if, if Mick and myself were, you know, working our, you know, what's it's off to to keep us in the Premier League, then you know, certainly, you know, Terry Conn on his own was going to find it almost impossible without the help of an, you know, without help of a, uh, an experienced manager like Mick to be able to, um, to, to to succeed. So it was it was, it was a tough period, but. One that um, I would never ever change. One that I really relished, and it, it actually made me, uh, I think, well, I know a better, uh, a better person, but a better uh, assistant manager uh, for when we went to work uh, later on in our careers at, at Ipswich. And it made me better. It made me understand another aspect of the job of what of Mick was doing. Made me more realise, um, you know, more, what help would be needed and. and uh, to, to, for the manager and what you should be doing, to, even more so. So, um, although it was really tough, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the experience of it. And the only thing that you know I, I regret is that you know we, we couldn't win the games to, um, to to keep our Premiership status. Look, look, Terry. I think the reality is it was you know we started off with a two-all draw at Newcastle, which which obviously yeah. continued to give us hope. But it was a difficult running, and like you said, in my opinion. Uh, it was an impossible job because look, people didn't want the job because the, the, it was relegation was was almost nigh on sadly because we did have a difficult running. Um, yeah, it had been a long difficult season. Um, so from your point of view, Terry, credit to you for taking the job. Um, you know, under such difficult circumstances and doing your level best to keep us up because I don't think at that time there was a better person to do that job. And I, I, it's all right, great saying it with hindsight, but I, I genuinely believe it because. Um, how you'd work with the players, the respect and the relationship they had for you. And I think if it was a case of just bringing someone in for, you know, 
Mick got sacked on a knee jerk, and I think bringing someone else in on a knee jerk wasn't the answer neither. So, but it was no, just no. disappointing end, Terry. Disappointing end. It, it, it was it's disappointing end to it to it you know to to that to to mix if you like rain and stuff and that and, and the time that we had together because you know those those four four or five years that we'd. Um, We'd worked together uh, in the championship to get promoted to the Premier League, and, and those three years in the Premier League, uh, you know, every every one of those seasons um, represented success. Yeah. You know, in moving the club forward and 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 and, and uh, being in a, being trying to be a, a Premier League team, and and I'm sure the fans, you know, um, really appreciate you know some of the results that we had in the Premier League and some of the teams that we were able to 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 beat. And, and give them, you know, give them that uh, that sense that you know Man United come to town and we can beat them. Yes. And they, they were the best team in the in the country at the at the time that we could beat Chelsea. We we beat them all in that in that period. In that we beat all the the top teams. If you like, we went to Anfield and beat Liverpool one nil. Yes. You know, so we we get you know we did our, our absolute level best to uh, oh. to try and keep Wolves moving forward. And as I say, the the last the, the last. The 13 games of that season um, for me was uh, was was obviously very very difficult, but didn't portray the full um, you know five years of of what we'd oh, what we'd managed to achieve. Of course, of course, and surprisingly, um, you actually stayed on for four games under Starla Solbecken as well, didn't you, Terry? Was it was it four games? I, I managed four games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think you, you worked, you worked yes, it was, um, with more Wolves managers than anyone I know. I think. Yeah, I, um, obviously I was, you know, once I was asked to revert back to my role, and uh, and, St- and Stoller was was announced as new man, new manager. But I think, uh, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but it, it became quite obvious that um, it, 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 you know he didn't really want. He had his he had his, his coach and he had his, his assistant, if you like, and uh, I, I could see clearly that it was you know time probably for me to 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 move on, and that that, yeah. that I wasn't going to be. Um, I wasn't needed as much by the new manager, and that he wanted to go in a different direction, and he wanted to, make, and he made that quite clear that that's what he wanted to do. So I think it just became, you know, inevitable that uh, you know one day Jez just came in and said, "Look, um, you know, I think this is this is the end, really." And fine, you know, I, I have to accept that this is a new direction that the club wanted to go in, and I'd done my time. I had, I think, nearly 14 years at that point yeah. of. Um, Great, great time and great memories in those 14 years. Great staff, uh, great people at the club. You know, right, right from, you know, at the time Wayne, the groundsman, tea ladies, everybody. We, I could walk around the ground and you know have a chat and have a conversation with wow. just about anyone around the around the stadium and around the training ground. And um, it, you know, it was just just that time to to call it a day. And um, but there's so many, so many good memories, so many good people around at the club and. I just wanted them to, to go on and have, have the success that uh, I think Wolves deserve. Yeah, I mean, look, you say about going in another direction. We certainly did, because two managers later were in League One, Terry. So, you know, that was oh, obviously oh, yeah, yeah. the that, way that, the fortunes yeah. changed. And was it sad for you to, A, leave the club and then, B, see them plummet into League One? You must have thought, wow. Very, 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 very sad. You know, very, very sad. Um uh, at, at the time of leaving, I, I didn't know it would. Obviously, nobody knows that that's going to happen. Of course. Um, but um, you know, I was very, very sad after 14 years in in those different roles and players coming and going and going on to do, you know, either better their careers or we, you know, we have success with us and things like that. Um, it was very, very sad when it came to an end. As I say, for a 
not only you know just leaving the players but also the, the many people that you know grown fond of over the years at the club who had been there behind the scenes yes. working the same length of time as me uh, so it was very very sad but I wish them and I said at the time I, I wish Wolves nothing but the best it's, it's end of my time but you know all I wish is that Wolves um, you know main, you know, maintain their upward and, and well maintain their you know just their standing in the game that, they, that, they, that they're a great club and I couldn't have wished for a better, for a better place to work um, and so it was disappointing to to see that um, you know the, the the relegation from yeah. Championship um, that was really really hard to uh, to, to see and, and um, uh, obviously when that happens uh, the downside of that is that there's obviously you know people are made redundant yeah. and they were good people and they had nothing to do with the, the team you know being being yeah. Uh, yeah being relegated from the champ uh, from the Premiership yeah. or from the uh, championship. They had nothing. Yeah. They were just going on doing their daily jobs at the club. They loved the club. That it was their club, and a lot of people lost their lost their jobs, lost you know lost their livelihoods because of those relegations. And it was that's hard when you know those people, how much those people gave to to Wolves. Yeah, and and I think it's a case of be careful what you wish for because, like I said, Mick and and, and shouldn't have gone the way he did when he did, especially after the great job no. he'd done at the club, and then. Obviously, you went to Ipswich together. You, you've rekindled your relationship. You was there for six years at Ipswich. And from an outsider looking in, Terry, you know, towards the end, th there was a bit of pressure from the Ipswich fans. And once again, be careful what you wish for. And then look what happened to Ipswich. You know, I think sometimes yes, um, yeah. it, it's better the devil you know. And they had a great management team there under you and, and you know, with you and Mick. And it's once again, yeah, they ended badly yeah. for them. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very difficult, and um, as I say, everybody wants their club to have success and, and to do better than where they are where they are now. You know, even even you know Liverpool now, what they, what their fans are going to want them to win the league again by another yeah. you know twenty odd points, and they're going to want them to win the Champions League, and they're going to want them to win you know the, the you know the every everything that they play, they're going to want them to do even better than what they've done, yeah. and they've been fantastic. And Jurgen Klopp has been, but there'll be demands placed on them even even more so um, but it's, it's trying to understand that um, sometimes you have good management in place and they are doing their very best of course with the with yeah with you know with the circumstances that they've got and, and the fans um, obviously one side and, don't uh, they, Terry the fans don't know all about the finances they, they don't well, they, they want they just want success they yeah. they, they, they work hard in in, uh, in the week Jason to have their season ticket they want to come yeah. and support their team and, and I understand that they want to see their team win and be successful but at the same time there are parameters at a football club that you know that would would, would mean that you you have to cut your cloth you know accordingly yes and so when they watch another team and they watch another uh, team in their division do really really well and they might have a different a different set of circumstances that they're working to you know what i mean so that yeah. the success is is has, has to be relative for what you've got at your football club and sometimes the fans uh, miss that point and so they see something go and they go, why can't we play like them? Why can't we be top of the league like them? Well, for one, it would probably take a lot more finance. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? And two, it's because those 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 teams have better players or players that can do more yes. that, that allow them to play in that style. And, and, you know what I mean? But that, they see that and they see it on Match of the Day, they see it on Sky and they go, wow, why can't our team do that? Yeah. But it's because of the parameters that you face both financially and at the football club itself, the first facility you've got at the club. So sometimes uh, a manager is doing a really, really good job, but they 
can't see it oh. because they they might not be top of the league. They might be tenth or they might be eighth or they might be you know in the middle of the table. And everyone goes, well, that's not good enough. We want to be somewhere else. Yeah. But to be somewhere else, you know, you you need to to change the parameters of what you what you're working towards. And uh, both Wolves at the time with that double relegation um, and Ipswich, they just wanted more than what the club could provide at the time the manager was doing a great job in doing what in, in doing what he was doing yes. um, but to change it it needs other other things to change oh, and, and that change obviously came with Wolves with the you know with the bounce back and the start with under under um, uh, Kenny Jacket yeah which was amazing and, and then the revivals changed but it's taken finance and taken a different set of circumstances to put Wolves uh, where they are today. That's a different set of circumstances, and the fans have seen a different level of success because things are different at the club. Yeah, and and, 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 don't and we'll find the same. That they, sorry, I was going to say, go and carry on. Sorry, no, sorry. I, I was just saying, and that's a very similar thing to what uh, Ipswich have ever, I think, have experienced in yeah. in, in terms of they're, they're going to have to hit a, a hit their their bottom to be able to bounce back and maybe being relegated into League One. Maybe now they they can get that level footing and equal footing, and then maybe they can be they can get an upturn. But yes. at the time, um, what we were doing there was probably as good as as anyone could have done oh. at, at that given time with those given circumstances. One hundred percent, and I think what it is, sure. Terry, as well. The point I was going to allude to was the fact that these are big clubs that you're managing and and you're part of, and you know the assistant manager. These aren't these aren't small clubs with no expectation levels. These are big clubs. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. all huge clubs, and obviously yeah. now uh, I believe you're involved with the the Republic of Ireland setup. I mean, what what's that like to be involved with Terry? Well, um, we just we've actually uh, th- uh, our contracts run out in end of July, and um, yeah. Stephen Kenny has, has already been um, appointed as the as the new uh, head coach for the um, Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Um, so. As it as it is, is it is it between jobs as you call it sort of thing? So yeah, we, will be, we will be between jobs. We will we'll be on the lookout, obviously, to try and get back. And we're both very eager, both very much wanting to get back Well, that's up to that's up to somebody else and what have you. But um, we do know that we we do want both us. You know, we both Gaffer and myself want to continue, want to continue working, yes. want to continue. We still got ambitions that we want to we want to try and achieve things yes. with with clubs and that. So we're definitely. Be trying to to be back in 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 the um, in the football world sooner sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, it, that that was a really uh, fantastic experience again, and something else that you add to your CV, something else you add to your knowledge and your experience with you know looking after players and and uh, you know what that all entails, working at working differently with players, not having them every day not being able to have that day-to-day access but only have them for sometimes you know two or three days before you actually have to play the game yeah um and so the, the planning and the preparation and the, the scouting of them is, is totally different to what you do on that day-to-day basis when you're in the uh, premier league or or the championship or football league yeah. so it was another experience and uh, all i can do is add that to what i've already got as an experience and hopefully that's made me a better assistant again and and, uh, obviously, experience, but Mick has. I think he's. A, I think. I think he's approaching nine hundred and seventy odd uh, games in charge. Oh, so so that thousand games is, line, is not far it? off. Yeah. So a thousand games is, is is not out of his reach, and he's. He's. You know, we both want to get back and and try and get get him to achieve that, and trying to get him to achieve that. You know, winning games of football and doing well for a for a, 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 a 
particular club. Yeah, I mean, and I hope that sooner rather than later, Teddy, because obviously football is a richer game for having people like you and Mick involved, and you've got so much experience. Oh, thank sure. you very much for that. Yeah. No, see, thank you very much. As you say, all we do, we, we work really, obviously we work really hard. We try, well, we are very honest with uh, the people that we work with, um, and we try just to, you just try to engender a, a good spirit, and we try and get good players to play to their potential and if we do that we normally find that we you know we can get some 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 results out of that term um, out of that team so yeah. hopefully that club will benefit from from us working for them and and finally terry what's it like now to to look back and or to look sorry look for look at wolves now in the in you know in, in the football they're playing and the players we've got what is the club almost unrecognizable because you know with i mean what's it like to, to look at terry for you for the Wolves now? Yeah, yeah. what's it like to look at that, you know, look at the, the players on the pitch oh, and, and how they're playing? And... It's, it's, inc- uh, it's, it's just another, it, it is uh, at another level than uh, what we worked at when we were there. It's at a different level. Um, I've been lucky enough to, to go back to, to watch matches um, and uh, the level of football, the, the, the level of support around the club, um, everything about it has taken it to... An, another level that um, we just couldn't aspire to uh, when we were there and um, as I say it's it's probably taken uh, a lot of finance you see the quality of the players coming in you see the the quality of this you know the, the you know the quality of the centre forwards with Jimenez and you see uh, Neves in midfield and Matinho and Bolly and um, you know those players came in when they were in there. well certainly the, the last two were in the championship and they were outstanding yeah in the, you could see that they were Premier League players even in the Championship and they've gone on and added to that and um, all I can say is for you know the, the ones like um, well obviously I know Matt Doherty from when he kept when we brought him in as a, a 17 year old and right. for him to be part of that you know you take him tremendous pride in that and, and I, I always say to him you've, you've done really really well uh, because this level that they're playing at is, is a different level of altogether it, it, it does belong in the you know the top top five top six top seven of the Premier League but the club is unrecognisable in terms of that but I just hope it and I just hope it retains you know the Wolves fans keep that you know that, that tradition that element yeah. of you know the, the, that golden black that we all know and we know is um, you know the, what the club is steeped in but it's definitely moved to another level um, and with a, a level of finance and I think and a level of players which takes it to uh, you know, to a different, uh, to, to yeah, top Premier League level. Well, Terry, can I say you've been very honest. You've been it's quite humbling talking to you actually about you know the the, the journey at Wolves. Thank you for playing your part. You know, from the coaching, being an assistant manager with the promotion in 03, with then the promotion in 08, 09, doing your level best to keep us up. Thank you for the, the, the very, very important and pivotal role that you've played for Wolves and for a very sustained and long period of your career. And I know all Wolves fans, I can speak on behalf of them now and say they're all grateful for what you've done for the club, Terry, and we really do appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jason. I, w- I would just like to say that, um, you know, I'm going back and people that I see and, and meet around the around the place and when I go back to Wolves and that, uh, everyone has, has been really, really um, nice about, um, you know, meeting up with me again and, and they talk about the, you know, those good times and stuff and that and um, they've, they, they've been very, very uh, honest but been very, very, been very, very, I, I, I don't know what the word is yeah. but, you know, 
they, they've just been so supportive of everything that that I've done. And um, although I didn't finish on the on the best of notes, I think they understood what I tried to do. Yes. And uh, for that, I'll, I'll always be grateful that um, they feel that um, you know I, I did my level best for the club, and um, and they can see that um, that I was I was there for them. You know when when uh, when whenever I you know I just work 100 percent. Uh, for the club and to make that club better and that's all I ever tried to do Wow, Terry, thank you so much uh, for, for taking the time to, to uh, be on the interview thank you, today Jess, thank you and, and you know, I wish you thank you very much I wish you luck in the future and I also hope that shoulder makes a full recovery and you're back on your bike down <laughs> oh, let's hope, yeah, let's hope both of them both of them come through and get full recovery and get back into the game um, in the near future but uh, thanks very much Jess it's been, it's been very, very nice to, um, to have the chat and to, to relive some of the those, those memories which you sometimes forget you know, when you move on and you, you do other things and you, you sort of like park it in your memory. But it's been nice this morning to uh, to be able to, to come out and talk about them and, and remember that we did have some really, really good times uh, at Wolves. And a lot of it was very good and only a little bit is, is what you would say uh, didn't go so well. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Terry. No worries, Jason. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.